All right, here we are. Another episode of FinTech Friday, uh, episode 16, which is crazy. I can't believe we're, uh, we've done that many so far. I'm super excited about this week's guest. Uh, we've got uh, Micah Carr, who's one of my colleagues at FinLocker. And Micah heads up our uh, all things security for FinLocker. Uh, and for those of you who know, uh, about FinLocker and about our product and how we work with lenders and their consumers. Um, probably the thing that keeps us up at night, um, and I know it definitely keeps Micah up at night, is uh, data privacy and security and, and cyber security and all things um, related. And so today we're going to kind of do a deep dive um, into kind of all things uh, data privacy, data security, and cybersecurity, and and maybe even get a little glimpse into Micah's past. And and certainly we're going to ask uh, ask him about kind of the trends he's seeing in in the space today. So welcome, uh, Micah, to the show. Yeah, Brian, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, this will be uh, the first time uh, we've brought on a, a Finlocker colleague. So uh, this is the inaugural run uh, doing that, which is cool. Um, so, as you know, we always kick off the, uh, the FinTech Friday show asking our guests to share the definition uh, of FinTech. What does it mean to you? So, let her rip. Yeah, absolutely. So, FinTech means to me um, it's adapting financial transactions that have always taken place and it's finding a way to deliver it in a digital and current format based on uh, kind of the way of the world and our technology. Yeah, and so your your perspective around this is is super interesting, right? Because you've spent your professional life kind of in and around, you know, all things data security, right? So maybe uh, you know, share with the uh, the audience a little bit about your background, and I'll preface it by saying, uh, share with us what you can share because you got a pretty interesting background. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Uh, so I actually started my career in cyber uh, in the United States Marine Corps. Spent eight years and uh, did all things data and security. Um, actually entered the IT world in networking, so got a good background in networking. And then uh, after I got out of the Marine Corps, uh, I went to the federal government. Uh, so in my latest role prior to FinLocker, um, I was the director of the largest cybersecurity center in the Department of Defense and in North America uh, with an agency called the Defense Information Systems Agency. So I got to lead a large team and uh, do a lot of cool stuff and uh, all things around cybersecurity. So that was pretty awesome. Um, while with DISA, I got my MBA and I wanted to find a way to kind of branch outside of the government and find a way to balance the needs of the business with uh, cybersecurity needs, which is something that I feel like some people in my industry have a hard time doing. Sure. Uh, so that's really what got me looking and in the market and uh, came across FinLocker and was just uh, super excited to see what we were doing here and uh, had to jump on board. So uh, came in and here I am. So awesome. I, I, and, I, and I imagine um, you, you may be a, a few years or a decade away from full clearance on sharing some of the great stories from your past. <laughs> um, but, but if you can, without, you know, crossing any, any lines, what were some of the most interesting or, or trying 
uh, things that you were dealing with in your in your time with the Department of Defense as it relates to cyber security? Yeah, absolutely. So it's, I think cybersecurity as a whole, not just with the Department of Defense, but kind of in the industry as a whole, is uh, it's always an evolving target. It seems like the bad guys are always one step ahead. By the time they release security patches, you know, there are people who have already got a hold of the code and they're already looking at exploiting it and coming up with uh, vulnerabilities and ways for the bad guys to get in. Um, they're constantly looking for new ways. Social engineering is huge. They're looking for new ways. And then I think um, kind of the biggest thing that we're seeing is, um, you know, third-party trusted tools. I'm sure everybody's seen the headlines about some well-known, you know, software and stuff that's been exploited that uh, everybody trusted, and it was just kind of lying in the background. And then it comes out that, you know, a lot of organizations have been compromised for a year or more and never even had a clue. Yeah. So... A lot, you know, a lot of our listeners, our viewers, or both, um, kind of come from the mortgage industry, and I think a fair amount of folks that are going to watch this are going to either be small business owners or in small businesses. And um, you know, as you think about the things that you just described, and and especially in the mortgage space, I think the most recent thing I saw was a can't remember the name of the the, the platform, but it was basically a cloud platform that that really supported a big piece of the title and closing part of the mortgage process that was compromised. Um, those are things I think that small lenders just don't contemplate or think about because those are outside of their walls, but they certainly have impact to their, to their business and their clients. You know, you've done a lot in the short time you've been with Finlocker to kind of help us think about um, security, not just in our product, which is super important, but really in how our employees engage with technology in their day-to-day -day life, right? Whether it's Microsoft Outlook or using third-party platforms, what are some things that you would advise small business owners in the mortgage space to be thinking about that are you know, within their grasp, both uh, technically and financially, uh, that they may not be aware of today that would help them kind of manage risk? Yeah, absolutely. So. I was reading some interesting statistics the other day, and it said um, attacks, cyber attacks on the mortgage industry as a whole has increased four to six fold since COVID began. Everybody's at home. You know, people are kind of got their guard down. They're distracted with everything that's going on in the world today, which is understandable. Uh, but cyber and threat actors have uh, kind of used that as a ball field to play ball. So I think the number one thing is education. Um, do the mortgage professionals in the industry, do they know how to even recognize a phishing attempt? You know, they've become a lot more sophisticated over the years. It used to be a phishing attempt was this laughable email that you could barely read and you know, it was really clear. And um, they're uh, looking like real emails today. They're, um, you know, it's really hard to recognize. Uh, one of the things that I implemented within our current company is phishing tests on a quarterly basis. and you look at them and they look like some of the emails that you got every day and we use a third-party platform for that. And there's even ones that I've seen as a cybersecurity manager that I'm like, man, when I yeah. go to see what, what people are clicking on or what people are falling for, I'm like, I can definitely understand why, you know, in the hustle and bustle every day you click one and you're only as strong as your weakest link. So all it takes is, is one employee, one mortgage professional in the industry, and you could have a big, big issue on your hands. 
And I think some people, when they think about what you're describing, fishing, fishing attempts, and I think people immediately think about desktop web, right? It's, I mean, it, you're just as vulnerable via mobile. And in fact, I would argue that you're probably more vulnerable because you tend to be, um, I don't know, I, I think about when I'm engaged with my emails on my phone, I don't have the same sense of um, uh, detail, if you will, uh, when I can, when I'm looking at it on my, you know, on my desktop. Things like, to your point, if there's a phishing attempt and it looks like it's coming from the CEO of the company, when I'm on my desktop and I'm looking at an email in Outlook, I can quickly see kind of the, the return email address and maybe decipher that there's a little bit of weirdness there. May not see that in the phone. It's, do, do, do you think from an industry perspective, we see more breaches happen via mobile or is it still kind of equal between mobile and desktop? Um, I definitely think there's a, a huge risk on mobile. Um, I don't know about one more than the other, uh, but they're definitely big targets. You know, the computers that we hold in our pockets today and, you know, have attached to our hips that we're constantly on, the computing power on those things are more than, you know, way more than a lot of the first computers that came out. So um, definitely a huge risk and, and good point. Um, you know, it's harder to see the from address. It's harder to see some of those things that may stick out on the desktop. Also, you're probably multitasking while you're looking at your phone. You may be doing a couple different things. So um, I definitely think that's a huge risk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so are there, are there uh, you know, I know there's a few tools that you brought to our company that, that are, I think, helping us. Uh, are there tools that you would recommend for small companies, small lenders out there to, to implement uh, that, that, again, have a relatively light implementation, both from a technical perspective, but also perhaps from a, from a budgetary perspective? Um, yeah, absolutely. So one thing that I think uh, every company needs, especially in the, the COVID kind of hybrid industry that we're at today with some people being in the office and some people being at home is a vulnerability scanner. You know, a lot of companies set up shop in an office and, you know, they have these great, awesome tools to protect them while they're in the office. But when they're at home and they're using their home Wi-Fi that may not be secure, or they're out, you know, getting a coffee at Starbucks and doing some work in the meantime, you know, the importance of the information that we deal with for consumers is huge. Um, so you don't only have to worry about, you know, things like ransomware getting infected, but the reputational damage, if you have a breach or you have something that goes on, is going to be huge. And, and a lot of especially small business owners, as you mentioned, are going to have a hard time recovering. You know, do I want to go to a mortgage lender that I know was just breached and trust them with my social security number and my identity as a whole? Probably not. So I right. uh, definitely think a, a vulnerability scanner. And uh, there's a lot of awesome free and very inexpensive educational tools. I recommend all small business owners, even if it's three employees in your shop, you know, once a year, once a quarter, you know, whatever the right interval is for you, going through and just educating people on current threats, on current phishing attempts, you know, what do they look like? What kind of cybersecurity trends are you seeing to help them recognize those before it's too late? Yeah, I think that's a, a great point. And probably I would suspect one that is not widely uh, utilized by small businesses in our, in our industry. I, I came from, before joining Finlocker, I came from 
you know, federally regulated financial institutions that had fully developed training teams and, and uh, you know, cybersecurity teams. And so we had mandated regulated, you know, education and testing. Um, not so much in the small, you know, lender space, but I think to your point earlier, you're only as strong as your weakest link. And it just takes even, even somebody whose um, pr principal job is, you know, kind of receptionist slash, you know, fielding inquiries, that's a, that's a gateway into the company. Um, and, you know, someone who presumably you would think is not at risk because they're not necessarily engaged with loan files and customer data, but they, they could still be the pathway for a bad guy into a shop. And so I do, I agree. I think education is important uh, for every, every staff member for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there was a big incident recently that you could probably read about in the news where um, it was just that a company had a secretary and um, it wasn't a huge company, but maybe around 100 employees and they had a secretary and uh, somebody had called them on the phone pretending to be tech support. And this has really happened a lot of times. You know, I am referencing one specific incident, but you could probably uh, put a lot of different companies names here and they use that as the, the ability to, you know, fix their computer or so they thought got into the network and, and stole a bunch of data because they were already inside just due to that one week link. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, you and I talk about this a lot. We, you know, Finlocker, we're, we're um, trying to do our best to promote and build awareness about our company and our product. And so we do a lot of promotion. We do these podcasts and other things. And um, I never thought of it in this context, but the stuff that we're doing, which while, while it's good for us to build our brand awareness and bring attention to what we're doing and bring new customers in, which has been successful, it also presents a challenge for somebody like you who's, who's trying to, to manage the gateway in. And, and a lot of our, you know, there is so much um, in the mortgage space specifically, there are so many uh, small companies and individual loan officers that are doing the same thing that we're trying to do, which is use platforms like LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter to build awareness. Maybe share a little bit about the other side of that. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do this stuff, but you need to think about as much as you're promoting and building awareness and perhaps building a sales funnel, you could also be creating another vulnerability. Maybe talk a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, getting out there, growing our business, what we're doing here at Finlocker is awesome and exciting, and I'm really happy to be a part of it. But uh, like clockwork, every time we put a big press release out there, we get a new member of the team, you know, within minutes of that press release uh, using our tools, I see an increase in attacks, you know, coming from all over the place, or they'll just join and somebody figured out, you know, what our email scheme is for first and last name, and they'll already have phishing attempts in their box. They haven't even had time to complete their security training. Yeah. So I think as exciting and necessary it is to get out there and you know grow your brand and grow your company, um, you need to also keep in mind that as you do that, uh, there's kind of a security trade-off and there is more security concern. So as you put that stuff out there, you just need to be on a little higher alert and, and make sure that you're monitoring your infrastructure. Yeah, I thought that was, uh, now, you know, when I think about it now, it totally makes sense. But when, when you first started sharing uh, data with with us and, and you, we could see, you know, spikes, you know, 
Finlocker partners with XYZ, press release goes out, gets a lot of hype and attention, and there's the, the, the spike in, in attack attempts uh, from a cyber perspective. It's, it's fascinating on one hand and, and really frightening on the other. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. But now that you're here with us, and, and uh, I'm just going to let it rip because I know you got my back, so we're going we're gonna to keep promoting this, uh, this company. Um, so this has been super helpful. I, I suspect, Micah, that uh, a few folks are going to kind of ping us and maybe want to ask for advice. Are you open if, if people reach out and want to kind of learn a little bit about what you've done and maybe how they could be thinking about, you know, security in their organization? I assume yes. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I'd, I'd love to talk to uh, anybody else in this space that's interested in kind of learning how to advance and move that along. Um, yeah, I'd love to do that. Awesome. So I always close our, our show kind of in a similar way that we opened. And uh, this is more just to kind of let people, you know, know the, the person behind the, the role, if you will. So um, you did share your, your background as a, uh, as a Marine. Um, what, what's, what, what's, what makes Mike a tick? What do you do outside of the, uh, the workplace that uh, gives you fulfillment? Yeah, absolutely. So I like to do uh, anything outdoors, uh, like spending time with my family. I sit in front of computers all day and you know, <laughs> even when I'm off work. So uh, what honestly keeps me going is stepping away from the computer, stepping away from anything digital and just getting out and enjoying the outdoors. Love it. Well, this has been super helpful and, and uh, I, I'm sure folks are going to find great value in this. I appreciate you, uh, you joining the show today and, uh, Love all the great work you're doing for us here at Finlocker and uh, looking forward to growing massively together. Thanks for joining, Micah. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Brian. Thanks, everybody, for joining this week's episode, and we'll see you next week.